0: G'day, I'm Megan Woodward, and this is Crop to Top, the Cotton Info podcast. Conversations to help you grow. G'day, on today's Cotton Info Crop to Top podcast episode, we're joined by the Regional Extension Officer for Cotton Info for Border Rivers, St George, and, Deer and Bandy, Andrew Mackay, and we're talking water advanced sensing. So, as part of the Bankless Optimization Project, which some of you might be very familiar with and some of you not so, UNESQ has been using a multitude of things to try and capture imagery of watered, dry, and in the process of being watered areas, as well as get down to the basics of what water advanced sensing can do for cotton irrigation. And as REO for this area, Andrew Mackay is assisting in the extension work to help evaluate water advanced sensing, and he joins us today. G'day, Andrew. Thank you, Megan. Now, Andrew, for those that might not know you too well, tell us your career in a nutshell to date and your time with Cotton Info so far.
1: Megan, I've got a background in the cotton industry, having grown up on a cotton farm In Western New South Wales and have been in the Cotton Info team for five years and I've done a little bit on the process to get into the Cotton Info including some time in horticulture and some time in agribusiness banking but always have come back to irrigated agriculture.
0: Well we're glad you have because you're quite an asset to our team and especially when it comes to this particular project. As I said, some people, especially in your neck of the woods, will be very, very familiar with the bankless Optimization project run out of the University of Southern Queensland. But for those that are new to the project and your involvement today, can you give us a bit of an overview of what's happened so far?
1: Yes, Megan. The bankless system encompasses those systems that still work on a gravity feed, as in the water is flowing down, like a siphon system would but utilises ponding techniques at the top end of the field so that the need for siphons has been eliminated. We're opening a gate, it's filling up, and then uh, the water's cresting a, a level sill and running down the field. So that's taken out the siphon component of it, but effectively operates very similarly to one, although there's some nuances to the designs to make them work well.
0: What are some of the standout outcomes to date?
1: The growers that have implemented these systems, and I will focus uh, largely on one system which reuses the tail water from a bay that's been watered in subsequent bays to back up from the bottom of the field. What we've seen there is growers experiencing savings of water that they're measuring in their storages at the end of a season. So typically, we're expecting to use a certain amount based on certain number of irrigations for a season and ending up with more, and they started sort of questioning well how much are they saving and growers were starting to measure their storages a bit more accurately and trying to assess evaporation and seepage rates against what went on fields and are still pretty confident they're getting a better water efficiency out of irrigating similar areas.
0: So to move it on we're talking water advance sensing tell me how that's been incorporated into the project and what we're seeing so far.
1: So with the growers noting perceived water savings, the attempt here was to try and actually put some numbers around that. And that required knowing a bit about how the water was moving down a field, but also what was being supplied and coming off the field reasonably accurately. So the project we've looked at has had fairly intensive monitoring of water flows out of a storage, attempted monitoring of flows into bays, and then water moving down bay measured at specific points. And all this can then be utilised under some of the systems developed by the university to go into an irrigation system that can do some calculations there on how well is that water actually infiltrating? Is it fairly uniform as we go down the field? Have we got an application efficiency? That one was a bit more challenging in this case. And then just total water use over the area that was planted. That one is probably the one most meaningful to growers because that's typically what most growers can measure. Some of the other things are quite intricate to do that. The sensors become a little bit of a clutter in the field, which most growers really wouldn't want in their day-to-day operating. But under a project like we had, it was just necessary as part of the process.
0: We've touched a lot in that answer, Um, Andrew. So I'm going to take a few steps back. That intensive monitoring, tell me a bit about the design that's needed for that. Because you did say there in the actual project phase, it did get cluttered. I guess if you're using this on a day-to-day basis, what would it look like and what sort of design and suitability things would a grower have to consider if they wanted to go down this path?
1: I think it depends what they would like to try and measure. I think the uniformity of application is a bit of a one-off style of measurement and most growers probably wouldn't undertake that style of thing because it's reasonably intricate. As a minimum, fairly accurate measuring of water going onto a field is required. Then the use of a sensor somewhere within the field now, it may not need to be in every bay. Our experience was that there was actually a time correlation within sets of bays on the design that we were using and that we could actually extrapolate from the first bay to the second and third bay what the times would be. And come up with some time-based triggers for when would be an appropriate time to shut bays off. We also worked to try and correlate that sensor reading to some technology that was external to the field in the tail water system. So it was measuring the height of water in the tail drain. And we were able to actually get some correlations there. That probably looks like the next point of monitoring that we can use. But it's a system that's been well monitored and well followed. So there's fairly intricate understanding of how it runs there and possibly not something that someone could do just off the bat on a first usage of a system like this.
0: Absolutely. So tell me the perfect grower or the perfect system to attempt to apply this and what the, I guess, the silver linings of having something like this in place looks like.
1: Well, I, I think that the perfect grower is a is grower who's got the mindset that they're really willing to put a bit of effort into these because as a system, it's a lot more thinking involved in operating and managing it than say a siphon system would be and they also probably have to be open to that whole thing around what are the benefits to me as a grower like is labor saving actually a benefit now some growers will certainly like starting siphons because they go that's my fitness during the summer Others will look at the potential to manage greater areas with less staff under these systems because the whole advanced monitoring process is actually targeted at enabling remote control and full automation of systems down the track.
0: For sure. I guess to take the discussion a step further, there has been some work done previously and coming up around this project about using a drone fitted with visual and thermal and NDVI cameras to actually fly preset paths to get some of this imagery around it. Where is that at at the moment? I feel like everyone's using drones for everything these days, but this is a new application. How is this potentially assisting or what sort of outcomes are we seeing so far?
1: This year we were able to do some preliminary running of drones with several capabilities of image capture. So some of these were infrared based, some were just your standard style of image capture that you'd get out of any sort of camera on a phone. And these were able to a certain extent to pick up the advance of a waterfront in an irrigating field. There's some caveats around this There are times a day when the temperature difference for the infrared or thermal cameras is not sufficient for it to do that canopy cover also can provide a bit of a challenge to that so while it's there there's some components of it that make it maybe not suitable all the time but others that make it probably better in terms of having a single advanced sensor set in the field somewhere because it's its ability to actually look across a whole bay and give some feedback on the water advance across the whole bay and not just a simple furrow it's got some positives then some negatives like I suppose some of the flying requirements around drones may negate automation because you know, there has to be an operator present within line of sight generally when you're flying a drone. So that limits sort of when it can be used. So I'll have the potential to run them automatically taking off and flying a set path and coming back is there. It doesn't actually comply with some of the requirements for drone operation.
0: Lots of moving parts, literally and figuratively there, Andrew. I guess it comes back to your point before that anything in this space requires a growth mindset. And then that's sort of the target market that we're talking to here. And these projects and the way that you're extending them are just so important to get that firm grasp on what the positives and negatives are. I guess looking forward, we're middle of 2023. What are some of the next steps for this particular project and any extension work that you're looking at fulfilling the back end of this year?
1: So moving ahead, like it's still a bit of a challenge to nut out an appropriate trigger for either estimating the time we should be shutting off at irrigation event. And that's something that was really needed if we want to fully automate a system like this. At the moment, we're setting triggers, they're being reviewed by growers and determining if that seems an appropriate trigger. Maybe it's being inspected visually as well. And then they're agreeing or disagreeing with some of the shutoff projections that are being sort of estimated. And we really need to fine tune that so that there's reliability and people are able to actually use it. And once that confidence is there, now the ability to fully automate and let a system actually do its own thing is very close, but there's still some challenges in that one.
0: If we were to catch up in another five years, Andrew, what do you hope you'd be able to tell me about what point we've reached when it comes to bankless optimization and using water advanced sensing?
1: I'd like to think that the automation process has actually become a reality and it's a robust system that can be depended upon and actually is making reasonable projections. I'd also then think that the ability to differentially irrigate within a field might exist. Now, that might be constrained by some of the infrastructure, but say in the project site that we've been running, there is one area that is a bit sandier and it's used as a trigger point for irrigation scheduling. But we've actually, in this most recent season, been able to differentially irrigate it because through the monitoring, I've worked out and determined that actually some of the other parts of the field are getting overwatered. And we've got potential more savings by spreading those irrigations out a bit longer in those other parts compared to the sandy part. So I think that really nuts back to getting the best use of the water so that we're not actually stressing the crop unnecessarily and getting best bang for, for buck out of the water that we actually do have. And if we can do that with that being assisted by automation, I think we're then starting to look at some really uh, schmick systems that are getting good results.
0: Absolutely. It sounds like the future is in safe hands while you're around, <laughs> Andrew Mackay. We really thank you for your time. If anyone wants to find out a bit more or extend their own knowledge about these projects, where would you send them to?
1: Look, obviously the Cotton Info site has uh, a number of things on the optimisation of irrigation, but I would also suggest if someone's considering these things to find an experienced irrigation consultant in their own area because The support network is absolutely critical and getting the design right at the outset is actually probably of more value than you realize in terms of then taking that system towards a journey of potentially full automation and then other growers like i know that from the info side of things that's something we try and present a lot so that people could actually find information but go and talk to someone who's used it or used a system or is playing in that space and just get their experience talk to some of the suppliers they've been using for some of the infrastructure hardware and just ensure that there's a support network in there because i think in all these journeys if you don't have a good support network they become very very difficult and potentially you lose the benefit that you could get out of a system
0: absolutely that's great advice andrew mccly thank you so much for your time today and we're glad to have had you join us finally on the cotton info crop Stop podcast
1: thank you megan thank you for having me